Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Well, hi there, Courtney Cox. Hello? (laughs) Why am I Courtney Cox this week? I don't know. That's your nickname as given by Kate Hudson, uh, a.k.a. Contender July. (laughs) What's my nickname, huh? Um, Oh, God, I forget her name. (laughs) All right, at least you said her. I'm like, don't make me me Matt LeBlanc. Oh, Matt LeBlanc might be better, though. No, you know who I think I look more like? I think I look more like, what's his name? The other one. The the Chandler? one has had like nine different shows that keep failing at NBC. Yes. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Chandler Bong. I think if we had to pick which friend actor I most resemble, it's Matthew <laughs> Perry. You're clearly Cox. You got the blue eyes, you got the dark hair. It, it works. For me, I don't know. I think it's kind of just big head and oh. <laughs> I know what I'd go with. Um Hey, I'm Erica. Hi, Erica. <laughs> How are you feeling? Oh, clearly man. great. I feel so awful. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, gee, I'll milk it, why don't you? No, I am. I apologize in advance to our listeners for the way I sound and for all my coughs. If I'm not in the middle of saying something, I'll try and mute my microphone before I start coughing so I don't blow your ears out. And I apologize because that means I'm going to have to talk more and that yeah, means you are. have to listen to me. So I apologize for that. Yeah, you definitely are because I'm in, I'm in bad shape, but I'm on day two of bed rest. But we, we had to record, so we're doing it. Let's do this. Well, something is going around, definitely. I've had so many people complain about being sick. Um, I, I mean, I sounded like a 95-year-old chain smoker on Monday, but that was just from losing my voice. Yeah. But you, dear, you sound like you have contagion. Yeah, it's a really bad cold. I've never had a cold like so bad in my entire life. Like yesterday, so, my no. my ears were so clogged yesterday, like it was making me dizzy. Like my equilibrium was off and I couldn't hear anything out of my right ear. Today my ears seem to have drained and it all sort of descended into my throat and chest. So now allow me to change your nickname to Gwyneth Paltrow, a la patient zero in <laughs> I didn't see contagion. I would like oh, it's to good. it's really good. I do want to. I just it's, never got a chance to. It will make you just, well, I mean, like a lot of people watch it are like, oh, well, it makes me always want to wash my hands and always do this. It's like, no, it makes me realize if there is a plague, I am dead because I live in New York. Yeah. No matter what I do, I'm going to get it. There is no way to avoid it. I could wash my hands, but then I'm on the subway. What am I going to do? Live in a bubble? There's no way. So I would just give up and hope that I'm immune. Mirner was uh, just trying to wear her collar as an eye patch. She just shoved oh. it like up over I her face. A jingle and it sounds adorable. Um, well, welcome to season four, everybody. Yes, here is season four. We're, we're season four. starting it with a big bang. <laughs> we're starting. We're starting in rough shape, but we'll we'll get through it for you. Yes, we will. Uh, before we talked about want to talk about season four. It is also, I mean, fall, which means you have fall TV going on. Um, now, Erica, you're more a TV person. I'm really not. I don't like to, ever since Carnival, uh, little side story. Yeah, what was it? 2003, HBO premiered a show called Carnival. And it looked awesome. And it had an awesome cast. And it everything about it made me excited. And every week for like eight weeks, I sat down on Sunday nights and I watched Carnival. And every night it ended and I would just look at the TV and say, fuck you, Carnival. When, are you gonna, when is anything going to happen? And I hated this show. I really did. But I just kept watching it thinking something was going to happen. I don't think anything ever actually happened on that show. And ever since then, it's made me really relax to take on new TV. Um, even with when Lost premiered and it was this huge thing, I didn't watch Lost until like 
midway through like winter when they aired a marathon of it. And I'm like, all right, let me watch it. Oh, that's good. Okay. I'll watch the show. Uh, so I don't like to chance, take a chance on new TV. I'm so far only chancing on one new TV show, uh, but now you've, are you, have you been watching anything new yet or not yet? Cause stuff hasn't really premiered yet. Um, I think that most of the things I want to watch haven't actually premiered yet. Okay. Um, I am going to watch, well, I mean, there's old shows that I'm going back to, sure. um, but new stuff that I want to watch. I want to watch that 666 Park Avenue. But That's I think, right. You have to remind me when it comes on so I remember yeah. to tape. Yes, Emily and I have a deal that every week when I check my mm-hmm. TV guide site and set my DVR for all the new shows, I tell her what's on so she can also do the same. Okay, I, I don't know what's going on in the world anymore. Um, I want to watch that, but that's not until the end of the month, I think, possibly even October. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to watch Partners, which is on CBS, um, okay. which their show is the new normal. <laughs> Which is not the new normal. Um, I did watch the. I watched like half the pilot of the new normal, and I wasn't like overly impressed. Yeah, and I'm I still think angry just, at it for yeah, the jokes. It just annoys me that it's just Lucille Bluth. So I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm going to watch that, even though I do like the actors on it. Okay. Um, I started. Well, the Voice came back. I do watch that. Um, so I started watching that. I think I'm current on that. But there's, like, last... I feel like any time I watch a reality show, like, a talent competition like that, the first year I watch it, there's all these people that are really phenomenal that I absolutely love. And then the second season comes on, and I'm really excited to watch it. And there's no one that hits me like that. Like, so far this year, there's no one that I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see Mm -hmm. that person perform again. And this happened with America's Got Talent, too, which is just awful. I am just so baffled by the amount of talent competitions on TV. There are. I don't think I realized that, like, America's Got Talent and the X Factor were different things. Yep. I just assumed like all of these things were like the voice I know because it's Christina Aguilera and they have really cool chairs. I knew that. But all the other shows like because I still don't understand how the X Factor isn't American Idol. And you can try to explain it to me as, oh, well, the X Factor could be not singing. But no, it's all singing, right? It is. It's all singing. I mean, as far I as I know, I don't understand how there can be nine <laughs> shows on it at once that are all the same thing. I don't and they all have the same format. X-Factor. It's cat one caddy judge and one nice judge and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just baffled. I had the X Factor on when I was cooking one night because I was like, ah, let me just leave this on and see what this is. And I just couldn't get to me. It was just awful because it like, sure, some people come out and they sing and they're really like that is exciting to me. I still think it is exciting to watch like American Idol once it gets into it and you actually have talented people performing. I see the value in that. And I see the entertainment in that. But, like, The X Factor, so it's, this one girl comes out, well, first it started with this, like, backstage thing where there's this girl um, who's, like, blonde and southern and clearly rich and is really snobby, and it's like, they just keep showing her backstage as if you're like, okay, so eventually they're going to show her sing and she's going to be really good or really bad, and she ended up being really bad. But it was, like, so forced the way and contrived and predictable but even regardless, like, so then some girl comes out and she sings and she's really good. Then some guy comes out and he sings and it's embarrassing. And you're watching it thinking, okay, well, they obviously put him on TV because he's so bad. And I don't get the joy of it anymore. Like, are we still excited by William Hung like people? I don't understand. Well, with The Voice, we're not. Because The Voice, basically, they can all sing. everyone's voice. good. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a matter of whether or not they're... And it's fun to watch and, like, guess who's going to turn around for them based on the way they sing and guess what songs they're going to sing based on their backstory. And Mike and I actually have a lot of fun making fun of Carson Daly because Carson <laughs> Daly is... Well, that's a, always fun to do. He's really quite adorable on it. He gets, like... He hangs backstage with the family and he gets so into it. And okay. I don't... 
I don't know if it's like him really being into it or if it's him like acting for the show right, but he's like right. come on Christina why haven't you pushed your button like he gets so <laughs> into it and it's just hilarious to watch oh, um, so we're watching that but like I said there's no one like phenomenal yet that I'm like oh I can't wait to see this person perform again which th- by this point there were like five people that I felt mm-hmm. like that way about last year gotcha. so I don't know yeah. um, what else am I watching the well, all the all the new NBC lineup starts tonight. Today's Thursday. We're yeah, recording. which that's a whole other issue that we talked about on Facebook. Yeah, because of Glee. Because of Glee, Glee and Project Runway. Move and Project Runway. I timed it wrong in my head. I'm like, oh, Project Runway will be over by the time Glee comes on. No, no it's still on, and I can't not watch it because I need to see Dimitri take over the world because he's the greatest thing ever. I mean, the upside to that is that Project Runway is almost over. So, yes. and I've I've decided I'm going to probably stream um the nbc comedy shows the next day or that weekend because then you easier to watch a 30 minute show online than it is an hour-long show where you're actually watching it for an hour um because it's the commercial thing is such an issue yeah Uh, yeah um Um, you know we are both watching though we're both watching face off we are both watching face off oh yeah i love face off how do you feel about face off so far um well first of all i have to thank you because i never had any intention of watching it and then last season you convinced me and it's just so cool i love it it is it's so much fun um this season i've been enjoying uh there's you know people i like more than others i like the old guy with the cowboy hat rod I um, liked, not, uh, rod, not rod the rod, other guy yeah I, uh, I like the blonde girl yep i like her. i like the good twin who still left uh, I feel like he's not as good as he was made out to be. I don't know. He's still, I think he's going soon. He might be. He might be. Um, I do not like the Staten Island girl who gets home oh. from everybody for everything. Oh my God. I can't wait for her to go home. I can't wait for her to go home. So you didn't watch season one. There was a girl season one who was kind of like her where she was really young and really inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And she started dating the guy who ultimately oh, won season one who was like 40 in his 40s and she was in her 20s and he would always help her through the competitions Mm -hmm. and she was just the worst there was there was a competition where they had to do um do a makeup on themselves to fool one of their loved ones (laughs) so like my favorite guy had to fool his girlfriend and he did this awesome makeup because he knew like what she didn't like so he put all okay. the things she didn't like about people into his makeup like he made himself overweight and really greasy and just kind of gross and goth and, challenge. yeah it was an awesome challenge I'm really surprised they haven't done it again mm-hmm. and it's probably because of this girl because this girl just wasn't happy with anything that she did so she did a beauty makeup and okay. tried to pass off like her mom clearly knew it was her you would think yes. and her mom was just clearly lying and saying oh no i didn't recognize you. right like, right right it was just awful and that's yeah. who that that's who alana yeah she just she's i mean she's young that's fine and she has good ideas and i mean the the she won the challenge this week and it was excellent but every challenge you've seen her get so much help from people and it's just annoying. Yeah, it's aggravating. Um, I can't fault her for being clumsy because, I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm no uh, Grace Kelly myself. Um, but yeah, I like, for the most part, I it's just great to watch because it's just so cool. I want V. Neal to be my aunt. Oh my God, V. Neal's my I favorite. I want her to be like my drunken aunt who I get to hang out with at weddings and get to go to brunch with and we sit there drinking mimosas and bitching about things. I just love her. I love Glenn, too. I want Glenn to be, like, my eccentric he cousin. He's that whorehound. Was he? Yeah, he's a little slimmer. In, I think he got very puffy. Um, um, he's a little slimmer in person, I thought. I he's weirdly him. shaped. 
He's a weird dude, but I love him. He walks around. Like, you could tell he's trying to, like, maintain this posture to make himself not look so weirdly shaped. (laughs) A strange little troll of a man. Did you watch it this week with Kevin Smith? With Kevin Smith, yeah. It was cute because I liked it. Because Kevin Smith came off really sweet because you could tell he felt really bad having to send him home. He didn't want to judge anyone. Like, he felt really bad giving any bad feedback, which is kind of. Um, So um, Facebook's been great. The only new show I've watched, I guess, would be. Oh, God, we haven't talked about... Have you ever watched American Sex Top Model? No, I haven't. Oh God, it's so bad this season. It's amazing. You say um, that every season. I know, but this is <laughs> really bad. This season, it's all... Um, it's the college edition, which basically means that all of the girls were in college or beauty school or whatever and have dropped out to be on America's Next Top Model. Oh, great. Like, that's the college cycle. The college cycle is you're not in college anymore because you're doing a reality show. Oh, man. Um, but and then it's all like the judging is done by this system where it's all tallied up and it includes like internet votes which obviously was done months ago so who the who actually voted is unknown but it's it's also so clearly contrived now because they're so obviously changing their numbers so that a girl can stay or go but anyway um it's been terrible and wonderful at the same time but uh, the the new show that I'm watching is uh i don't know if i'll stick with it but it's revolution that's on nbc's it aired on monday um i was excited because the concept's really cool the concept is electricity goes out and then 15 years later it's like post-apocalypse the problem is the show looks so clean and of course it's a post-apocalypse but everybody's pretty and their hair looks great yeah and the pilot had one really good fight sequence and it has like a good random cast like elizabeth mitchell's in it zach orth is in it Um, but at the same time, the pilot to me wasn't that great. And that's the kind of show where you're putting all your money in your pilot. And if that's what the pilot was, I'm not so keen on revisiting it and seeing it, what happens to this, what happened to the event and flash forward and all of these big concept, expensive lost ripoff shows that are not going to last is, um, is revolution JJ Abrams. No, it's actually the guy who did supernatural. Oh, okay. I like Supernatural. And I know you like Supernatural. Well, uh, I liked it up until about season five, and it was one of those shows where it, which is the same thing that happened to Friday Night Lights. It was supposed to end, and then, like, people campaigned against it ending. So, so it came back, and they didn't really know what to do. Yeah. Because it was basically written to end at that point, and then it comes back, and you're like, oh. Okay, now what? What do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> and like, Buffy, you get really dark. Well, yeah. I think Buffy's the only show that worked for Right. Although it could be argued that it could have ended in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Supernatural got weird. And I think Friday Night Lights, like people came back and I think Friday Night Lights got caught up in the writer strike too. Uh, and then like yeah. actors yeah. weren't available. So like characters were just like away at college that were like integral characters to the plot. And like, I don't know, it got a little weird. Okay. But Taylor Kish was still on it. So I still watched it because he's beautiful. Or you could just go see every movie that bombed this year and you would also see him. I would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although you wouldn't come see me. You wouldn't come Battleship Drunk with me. So clearly you're not that big of a fan. You didn't ask me to go see Battleship Drunk. I asked everybody to go see Battleship Drunk and nobody wanted to. Emily, you did not ask me because I would have gone because not only is Taylor Kish in that, but Alexander Sarsgaard is in that. Damn it. Okay, well, we'll win it. It's on DVD now. Um, I'm going to have a party and it's going to be a Battleship party and we'll all watch it. All right. Well, I was about to tell you, I actually watched the first 10 minutes because I was like... Is it worse than I imagined? Yeah, it's terrible. Yes! I was my grandma's and my dad and my grandpa were watching it. And I watched like 
10 minutes and it, and Taylor Kish and Alexander Sarsgaard play brothers. And I like, so it was a scene between the two of them. And I was like, yep, I've seen enough. Like I saw them talk for like <laughs> 10 minutes and then I was like, all right, I'm good. Like I could go. Did, did they take their shirts off? Yes. Well, okay. he, Taylor Kish did. Okay. Just making sure. I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't need to watch the rest of this. So I'm going to go. <laughs> all right. We'll have a drinking game party to it. I promise. All right. Thanks. Okay. Um, so anything else fall TV wise we want to talk about or should we move on to Glee? Um, I think we can move on. I don't think anything else new has started yet. So okay, um, we'll we'll give everybody updates as the oh, fall I, season well, progresses. Well, it didn't technically start yet. I did watch the pilot to the Mindy Project, which right. I really enjoyed, but it didn't actually start yet. So we'll wait till it actually starts yeah. to talk about it. That's the one other show that I'm probably going to actually watch. Yeah. Um, all right. So Glee, this is season four, the season premiere, uh, written by Ryan Murphy and directed by Brad Falchuk, which is interesting in itself, I think, because yeah. it's clearly a very new season but they you know you had the original guys doing it uh and apparently um new costume designer yeah which i i was like oh that explains so much it does once you learn that you're like okay yeah i get it yeah i was like oh that yeah i all right then i get it now as long as they don't take away Artie's sweaters yeah true important part all right so here's the glee cap welcome to the bi-coastal edition of glee where rachel stumbles through freshman year with a nightmare dance teacher and hot junior mentor on the east coast while new directions explore well new directions back in lima after their win at nationals the glee club is experiencing an unusual surge in popularity that puts them at the popular kids table with kill quinn slash santana 2.0 kitty who leads them down a dark path of making fun of the lunch lady who just happens to be the mom of humble new member and maybe new rachel marley rose also near the club is unique. We will not talk about that. <laughs> Who's not a new member of New Directions? Jake Puckerman, mystery brother of a certain MIA Mohawk wearing pool cleaner. And who needs a direction? Our dearest Kurt, whose minimum wage slaving at the Lima Bean and sad visits to McKinley are weighing on our other two favorite Lee men. Blaine and Kurt helped you, Blaine and Michael Valley, Bert, helped you push him towards New York, where Kurt runs into Rachel's arms and we all cheer. Kate Hudson played a lush, Rachel might have a new crush, and Blaine still has a cute little tush, and that's what you missed on the season four premiere of Glee. You okay there? Yeah, it was okay. a little high for me. I figured, I was worried about that. <laughs> um, okay, so this is obviously a big episode with lots of characters. I think the easiest way to discuss it is to just go character by character to see what's going on. Okay. All right, so Rachel, a.k.a. David Trevor. Um, so Rachel's at Niata. She's at her new school, which Kate Hudson pronounces very weird. Did you hear that? I think of like how she pronounces it. She's like, Niata. Yeah, she like, 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 like um, of, Yeah. Now, okay, <laughs> Rachel, the thing that worried me about the season in general, I'm like, I really hope the whole season isn't about Rachel being a small fish in a big pond and how it's so hard on her and everything. And obviously in the first 30 minutes of the episode, I'm like, great, they're doing exactly what I didn't want them to do. But I feel like by the end of the episode, it was like, nope, she's got it. She's on the right path now. Yeah, she's going to be okay. Yeah, she, they, just, they just needed that, you know, that one episode of, oh my God, I'm in New York and my teacher is mean to me and I'm not as good as I thought and my roommate sleeping with everybody, which, okay, I, I don't know if this happened to you because I know your roommate, so I hope I don't think it did. <laughs> um, but my freshman year of college, I know that totally happened to me. Like it's it is like eighty percent of freshman girls I think have the roommate who sleeps with everybody, and it's really hard to go to sleep then. Um, it didn't happen to me specifically, but it did happen in my suite. 
Okay. Actually, okay. It actually happened to Lisa. Her well, but it wasn't that her roommate was sleeping with everybody. She had a boyfriend who would come visit every Which other weekend. Which is even worse because it's like, but I only see him every other weekend. So you have to go but, sleep on the couch or in another dorm yeah, room. Yeah, she used to drag her mattress into our bedroom, okay. and actually, she was really sick one weekend when he came to visit and sleeping on our floor, and wound up passing out. Like we had to call an ambulance to come get her passing Gosh. out because she was dehydrated. It was a very scary time. Yes, that's that's a whole other issue. After that, she stopped leaving the room. Okay, <laughs> but she did not enjoy being in the room. Yeah, it's really not fun. I had my freshman year. It was a suite, but it was a very different kind of suite. And it was um, the bedroom was two bunk beds. There were four oh. of us in this room, and two of my roommates um, were how do I say it? promiscuous. Um, so it would be like every other night you'd walk in and be like, what the, I want to go to sleep. Like, <laughs> you just, just duh. And it was really annoying. And yeah, it happens to everyone. So no surprise there. Now, Rachel has a new potential love interest. I forget his name. Uh, Brody. Brody. Okay. Which um, I hate. You hate his name or you hate him? I hate his name. He shouldn't be a Brody because Brody yeah. to me is, um, That's- another callback to Kevin Smith is Jason Lee. Right. Right. Morris, yeah. And it's spelled incorrectly too. Oh, I didn't notice that. I think they spell it with a Y. That being said, were you watching like his scene in the shower and thinking, wait, 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 this is supposed to compare to Finn? Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I like, I hope I'm interested to see, like, I'm actually interested in that. I thought there were one scene, there were two scenes, whatever. I thought they had chemistry he seems fine. I think he's just super bland. Yeah. I'm curious what they'll do. I don't want him to be an asshole, but I do want him to be interesting. So we'll see. I think I would have been more interested if he was like, because I, I also read like an interview with the actor that said, oh, he's not going to force her into anything, blah, blah. He knows he, she has a girlfriend and respects that. I think I would have liked him better if he didn't respect that and he did try to make <laughs> him better. Yeah. I think I would rather see Rachel deal with that than deal with like another nice guy who's going to do it's right bad. by her. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but he's super bland. If he just does every scene with his shirt off, it would no, help. Yeah, no, that would help things. I agree. Um, okay, so we'll get back to New York with a certain character. Yes. But for the most part, that seems to be where we're going. Obviously, Kate Hudson's an alcoholic, and that will come into play at some point. Um, so back in McKinley, we've got the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. And so all the we see who's there and who's not there. Um, no mention of Mercedes, although her name was in the credits. No mention of Quinn, although her name was not in the opening credits, I don't think. Unless oh, I, yeah? just, I didn't see it there. And I tried rewinding, and it's very hard because the rewind bar is right over where the names would be. Um, right. So it's difficult. But but so we've got Artie, who's kind of seems to be the de facto leader, not lead singer, but leader now of the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. And all the kids, all of a sudden they're popular, and so they kind of cave into being mean really quickly with these cheerleaders who we've never seen before. Uh, peer pressure. Peer pressure. Oh, my God. And thankfully, they remember who they are, and it's back to the way it was. And it uh, was totally unneeded. It was unneeded. I mean, I guess the whole point of it is to introduce this character of Marley Rose. Oh, my God. Oh, so tell me what you think of Marley Rose. I hate her. Really? I mean, I don't have a problem with the actress. I hate her entire storyline that was written for her. I despise it. I hated every sticky sweet scene with her fat mother. <laughs> I hated her faces at the cafeteria when they were making fun of her fat mother. Okay. I just, I despised it. I really did. And you hate her fat mother because you hate <laughs> fat people. That's what it is. Admit it. No, that's not it at all. I just... I hate this, like, 
I don't, I don't even so goody. It's like, yeah, I feel like I get what they're trying to do with her. What they're trying to do is make an a, an anti Rachel Rachel. Like they're okay. Well, clearly we need a new lead singer and we need a new ingenue, but we can't get another Broadway girl. We can't get another girl who's really, really success oriented because it would just be like repeating ourselves. So let's go the other route. Let's have a, you know, nice poor girl who isn't, who's more of a pop singer than a Broadway singer. Um, and I'm the same way. Like, I think the actress is likable. I think there's like something about her that I'm like, okay, I, I kind of like her, but they need to quickly do something interesting with her character and not make it like, you know, like I'm eating sugar by the lunch lady handful. Um, So there was that. It seems like there's going to be the potential of a romance with either Sam or Jake. Jake, yeah. Um, So should we move on to Jake? Yeah. What would you think? I don't know. I don't know yet. I have, okay. to, I have to sit on yeah. that one for a little while. Um, I like that as soon as, and I knew that, you know, Puck's brother was going to be a character. Right. But I like that the actor really does kind of have um, Puck's mannerisms down. I didn't even notice that. I don't know. He kind of just, his movements, kind of his voice, like, I, I could e- instantly buy that he was Puck's brother, whether they were raised together or not. Like, they're just, they, he did strike me as a possible Puck sibling, which I thought was interesting and either... Good directing or good casting, I don't know. But we'll see where that goes. Oh, he's a mean kid. Oh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. I wonder how quickly that chip will melt away. He likes his chip on his shoulder. Right. We've never heard that before in Glee, have we? No, never. All right. Well, in other news, (laughs) uh, Tina broke up with Mike Chang. Yeah, that was weird. That was sad and weird. And I feel like they always do that with Tina. And Because remember, like, with her and Artie, like, and, and getting together with Mike, it was like, yeah, no, we broke up in the summer. Yeah, no, we're together now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it's just that was one thing I liked actually was um later when they had the audition to be the new Rachel, and like you know Tina clearly finished in last place in the poll because it's like clearly nobody really cares about Tina. Yeah, I kind of like that the show is now acknowledging that. Oh, here interesting tidbit. Apparently, the Jets game that Mike went to two weeks ago, the opening day Jets Bills game. Okay. T- uh, Jenna Ushkowitz sung the national. Oh, anthem. neat. <laughs> Did he hear her? What do you think of her? Um, I don't know. That's all he said. Okay. I'm guessing it wasn't amazing because he wasn't like, oh, she was really good. He was just like, oh, yeah, she sang it. I was like, oh. I like that he remembered it like two weeks later because it's Tina and you don't really remember her. We were like watching football and he was like, oh, no, we were watching Glee. And he was like, oh, yeah, Tina sang the anthem. I was like, oh. Oh, Tina, always a bridesmaid. Yeah. Um, so Sue, we saw that Sue has a baby. And yes, the baby has, looks right. The baby has Down syndrome. I don't don't know. I thought it looked like a normal baby. But I don't. I don't, I don't know, know when, like... all babies kind of look like they have Down syndrome? <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't mean it like that. Okay, when people are like, babies are so cute. And they sometimes <laughs> are. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> sometimes babies are weird looking. No, babies are weird looking. So, I don't know. I'll open that question up. <laughs> Sorry, Erica. I'll open that question up to the Glee listeners. Does the baby have Down syndrome? Or do I, yeah. is it just an ugly baby? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't and know. And like, not to say that babies with Down syndrome are ugly, because now no. I sound i don't know when that like develop like i don't know what age you find out because i thought it was like a chromosomal thing where they, yeah they knew when the baby was born but she well, didn't, say- didn't even know before that because it will if you do like an amnio yeah, yeah, that's what i meant 
beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> I meant before. Oh, you know, I don't know. Okay. So we'll just avoid that topic and can right. move on. Don't talk about it. We'll edit that out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, totally. No, you won't, but okay. Nope. <laughs> so unique is there and we're not going to talk about we're not that. Talk about it. Um, so Santana we think is in college as far as we know, um, trying to scissor with, uh, Brittany via Skype, which yep. is difficult. It is. Um, We've got, uh, before we, who am I missing before the big one is, oh, Kitty. So Kitty is there. She's a cheerleader. She's a bitch. She's moving on. Yeah. Oh, and clearly she's going to be singing lullabies to baby Robin. Yes. Okay. Not that we know where that's going at all. Uh, and (laughs) lastly, but certainly not leastly, we have little Kurt. Oh, Kurt. Little Kurt working at the llama bean, making latte, putting biscotti in a, Jar. It has to be refilled every half hour. Half hour. Uh, but why? Biscotti should be stale. Like you dunk it. You can't yeah. bite into biscotti. What does it matter? It needs to be hard. That's how it comes. Yeah. Um. So you know we have what we all. And again, this was the other thing I was worried about. Was like, oh fuck. I hope this whole episode isn't about how miserable Kurt is and how sad it is. And it was. But obviously, it he got. Around yeah. yeah. He was the highlight of the episode for me. I, yeah, I think all of his scenes were actually great because you had every scene he was acknowledging that like, I'm organizing music. Ah, I'm working at the Lima Bean. Ah. And then you had those great Blaine scenes. You had the great, obviously, Michael Malley was there and it was as perfect as it always is. Yep. And it ended with him and Rachel in New York and they're going to have a Beaches apartment and I can't wait. Yep. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like that will keep me Exactly. For That's now. what I am it's most Kurt. excited. Yeah. Um, so overall, what did you think of the balance between Ohio and New York? <coughs> um, I think the balance itself was fine. Like I didn't feel like I was missing more of one or the other. Uh-huh. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses, especially when they start bringing in more, because obviously we're missing a lot of core characters that they do promise will be back within the next five episodes. Angie had actually posted a really interesting interview on our Facebook page with Ryan Murphy. And Ryan Murphy talks a lot about season four. And one of the questions asked for him is, well, are you going to also do Chicago? Are we going to see LA? Are we going to see Louisville? And he says, ah, not really. No. That it's mostly New York and Ohio. Yeah, because so he somehow, says, yeah, basically that, oh, everyone has to come home at some point. Right. So, so basically, we're, we're looking at, like, Christmas. Right, which is and, what we kind of assumed would happen with um, Quinn. If we even see her, it's right. going to be like, hey, Quinn's over Thanksgiving. Uh, Mercedes, I guess that's going to happen with two. Yeah, uh, and the sense. wedding. The wedding, I'm right. I'm assuming we have to have a wedding so. at some point. And, but the other, um, I think the big question mark is Santana, because... I find it hard to believe she's not going to be a major character this season. And so somehow she's got to drop out of college. Maybe. Oh, no, that would be in L.A., though, because maybe she would go to America's Next Top Model, the college edition. Oh, perhaps. That would be in L.A. If that was That'd in New York. It would be a good crossover. Music crossover. Um, I think the, the thing that worked about it this week was that we had kind of there was a connection between the two because you had Kurt talking to Rachel on the phone. Mm -hmm. So you always had a reason to be watching both. I wonder once Kurt is obviously now in New York, what's going to happen? How tentative that tie will be. I mean, I guess Kurt will still be talking to Blaine. Right. Although. Is that enough to warrant this like, oh, and now we're back in Mr. Shoes Glee Club. That's the one thing I worry about it is the the transition's going to, 
I don't see how they can keep it up. I mean, I think it worked this episode, but I'll be curious how it's going to last. Well, we will find out. out. So should we move on to the songs? Sure thing. All right. So the first song. Oh, my God. Shocker. Call me me. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? I mean, they even said it, though. They said. They acknowledged it. And I mean, the issue with this one is just this. If they had done this a month ago, it would have been fine. Um, but by now, it, it, everybody and every Olympic team has covered the song. So, <laughs> okay, now the Glee Club's going to do it. Yep. Uh, nothing new. The one thing I really liked was I really liked Blaine in the song. Because he, he was, job. he was, it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't just that. It was that, like, the whole point of the song was that they're all auditioning to the next Rachel. And every shot of Blaine was him trying to get in the center and looking around and looking worried and feeling intimidated. And the very end, he like jumps in the front. And I just thought he made this song for me. Okay. Not vocally. Vocally, it was laugh for it for everybody. Yeah. But vocally, watching it's Blaine. Pretty bland. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next song. The next um, song was a mashup. And it's um, Americano, which is originally by Lady Gaga, and Dance Again, which is yeah. by Jennifer Lopez featuring Pitbull. Um, our, our dear friend Betsy texted me. <laughs> so ex- to, I should find the exact text. But basically she said she was so excited because she knew this song from Puss in Boots. I haven't seen Puss in Boots. Nor have I, but apparently the song is in Puss in Boots. Um, well, I want to know who told Kate Hudson that she can sing. I want to know who told her that she could speak spanish i'm guessing bill <laughs> schuster because i mean it was the most phonetic spanish i have ever heard there was a nary a trace of an accent have you heard the uh, you've never heard the gaga version of americano have you? i don't think i have this song was very new to me so i'm guessing um, I yeah i don't i don't know I, and i don't know who made a mashup of those two songs because mm-hmm. that no yeah that was terrible I mean, the, visually, it was kind of fun. It was very Chicago. It was very, like, Nine in Chicago and Rob Marshall inspired. Yeah. Um, the dancing, I think, I want to say Wayne made a point of it in his feedback. You couldn't really tell how how great it was because it was so it was, many cuts. Yeah, and it was mostly her, like, posing and being dragged. It was mostly her and, of course, the crawl because apparently you got to do the crawl. Posing and falling and, yeah. I so. Who? Who? Who was like, we need we need a, a fading Broadway ingenue. Let's get Kate Hudson. Like, who said that? I don't and, know. Goldie Hawn. <laughs> hey, my daughter hasn't acted in a while. Give her something to do. She's been working out. Look at her. Look at her midriff. Seriously. And it's not like it's not like I have anything against Kate Hudson because she she's in my all time favorite movie. She's Penny Lane and almost famous. Like, I do like her. I don't have a problem with her. But who 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 made this casting choice? It's just awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was, we'll, I mean, we'll see if it gets any better, but I agree, it was kind of like, all right, I like the idea of her being kind of like a, a New York Broadway Sue Sylvester, I th- guess that's what they're trying to do. That's, and it's fine, I'm fine with the, but, with the character, no. with the idea of the character. This is better actresses out there for the part. But yeah, someone else could have played that part, man. It, that, it was just bad. And her name, her name is awful. Oh, her name is just stupid, but Cleo oh. gives people stupid names. They do. Jacob Ben Israel. Did you know he's Jewish? <laughs> His name might as well be Jewish von Jewish. It might as well be. No, Jewish Jewish sign. <laughs> Jewish, Jewish, Jewish Berg. At least make it sound Jewish. Don't give it a von. <laughs> That's true. That was, that was when his family was trying to hide from the Nazis. Yeah, that's when they were known as the von <laughs> Jewishes. Who changed their name to escape the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, on that note, um, 
next was the Jake's audition song. Which is Never Say Never by The Fray. Was I supposed to know that? Because I didn't know that. I didn't know it either. Yeah, I think part of the problem with this episode was I didn't know, like, the big songs. Oh, yeah. Which, was... speaking of, that is my biggest worry. In the, did you, so did you read that interview with Ryan Murphy? You did, right? Um, I think I, like, perused it. I don't okay. think I really read it. The thing about that interview that really made me sad was at one point they asked him about, like, apparently they're going to be doing a Broadway musical again. And mm-hmm. I won't say what it is, but you can probably guess what it is just if you think what would fit this show. Um, but the thing is, like, he makes a point of like, oh, well, uh, like Ryan Murphy is like, I love the West Side Story arc. And I think that was some of the best stuff we've done. Uh, but I, f- I think it alienated a lot of the audience who Ugh. aren't familiar with Broadway. I think we went to Broadway. I'm like, fuck, no, that was the best thing you did on the yeah. show. And uh, like, especially now that you're you're have your characters on Broadway, like trying to get to Broadway in New York. No, yeah. we want more Broadway writers. <laughs> um, so that's really upsetting to me. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Jake's song I'd never heard before. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, fine. Uh, He seems, it seems appropriate that you kind of do need to fill in some of these, like, alpha male roles. And if, again, if he is the replacement for Finn, hey, a girl could do worse. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't exceptional, but okay, he's got a good voice. That's fine. Um... Um, then we had um, one of my favorite songs. We had New York State of Mind. Yeah, we did. I love. I wasn't it. sure if you were gonna because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, so I wasn't sure if you were gonna do the other girls' odd, um, song in the round room. Oh, oh, oh! That's right. So we um, had like girl rapping, or no, a stoner rapping. <coughs> it was a uh, stoner Brett wrapped right. his own original composition, <laughs> and then Beatrice McLean, which. I just had this entire fantasy in my head about the girl who sang Ave Maria that she was actually John McLean's like niece. <laughs> and I just saw like Bruce Willis come running in and beating up Whoopi Goldberg and it was like this fantastic fever dream. Um so that's why I kinda of wanted Yeah, I, that's why I wanted to bring up Beatrice McLean. Goldberg. <laughs> um but yeah, so then New York State of Mind, which was Rachel Berry in the round room and Marley Rose at her auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It was good. It was good. I I just love this song. I don't think anybody could could do it that wrong. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to hear their voices together. And again, I just I, Marley Rose. She has a pretty voice, but it's it's not it's not Rachel a Rachel Berry. voice. Yeah. And it's fine if they make the best use of it because I get it. They didn't want another Leia Michelle. That's that's probably the right decision to make. But I really hope she shows more vocal chops than this. Yeah, because okay. I mean, you could do not Leia Michelle, but still get something different. Like you could do something someone who sounds like Christina Aguilera, who right. has yeah, like yeah. a really strong An voice, amazing voice, and it's not Broadway. Doesn't sound Broadway. Marley yeah. Rose is just kind of. It's just it's a really pretty voice. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But this was. I mean, this was probably. Oh no, this was my second favorite. Uh, let's talk about the next song. Um, it's time by Imagine Dragons, sung by Blaine. Okay, I also didn't know the. I song. didn't know the song at all. Um, but it had Blaine dancing on the school scares again, and yeah. it had jump ropes, and it had Red Solo Cup choreographed action. I was confused by the words of the song. I felt like they didn't really apply to the situation. Okay, but then. Like, I tried to listen to them the second time through, and they just confused me. I, didn't I was know. so distracted by the cup choreography. Yeah. I that didn't, was really intense. 
I wasn't really sure what they were actually trying, what the song itself was trying to say, let alone how that fit the situation. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I just liked watching Blaine dance. Yeah, and it's cups. always fun. Cups were good. And then the last song, Chasing Pavements, I think. Um, it's, that, yes, it's yes. an Adele song. I just guessed because of the... <laughs> That's what they said a lot in the song. They did say that. Uh, I, see, it's funny. I wrote nothing down about the song. I don't remember yeah. anything that happened. Because it was just a Glee Club on the stage song. Yep. yep Every yep. It wasn't even like interesting to look at. Everyone was in black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. think the only person I was interested in watching was Brittany because she had on like lace. And I was like, okay. oh, what's she wearing? <laughs> interesting. I'm sure we'll see more black lace next week. Yes. Or tonight. Rather. Tonight. It's Thursday. <laughs> um, all right. So high notes. Um, high notes. Um, probably Brittany's um comment to <laughs> he who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> great haircut, oh, uh, Mercedes. Great haircut. Yeah, because I also I didn't put that on there just because I remembered. I think I saw that in the preview. Oh, I and did. when I saw the preview, I cracked up. But yeah. I think I just as soon as I saw it, I, I knew it was coming. But yeah, no, that was a hysterical line. Um, I love the word PK. <laughs> And PK I just think of Cheryl's doing a PK turn, a PK turn. And I like that Kate Hudson said the word PK like 20 times this episode. So I'm all for more PK. Um, I enjoyed Artie referencing Game of Thrones. Oh, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> Winter, yeah. Winter's coming and it's not going to take much before we're at the bottom again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I like the Rachel kind of calling back to her showering regime mm-hmm. and how she does it at 3 a.m. now because everybody was making fun of her sticking her face in ice and all that yeah. just because it's still Rachel and it's cons- character consistency. And that makes me happy. Yep. Um, I really liked Kurt's yelling at Artie when he was laying out the music. He was like <laughs> around it, not over around it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my only other big one was really Mike O'Malley. Cause yeah, that was my last in. one. He, you know what he is now? Like Wii's world Two. Remember the scene with Charlton Heston where Mike Myers is like running, looking for Cassandra to stop the wedding and he goes into the auto shop and there's, you know, he's like, I need Gordon Street. Where's Gordon Street? And the old man's like, uh, uh, Gordon, I once knew a girl who lived on Gordon Street. And then he's like, guys, I know it's a small park. Could we get a better actor? And Charles <laughs> Heston comes out and does it. I think Michael O'Malley is the guy that you can put in any one of those scenes. Just wheel him out for that, like, one line. <laughs> and and you got a movie, in my opinion. Okay. Um, do you have any more high notes? No, that that was basically my last one, was Kurt, was Kurt and Burt. Okay, low notes. Um, Will's haircut. <laughs> I don't even remember Will in this episode at all. <laughs> he was there, and he got I a haircut. I that. I know he was. I know he looked disappointed at one point, but I just don't remember <laughs> anything about him. So, Will's haircut. Yeah. Um, for me, what irked me more than almost anything uh, was, okay, so they're having auditions, how many times thing every season is it the whole we need 12 people for to compete yeah. so you have auditions and you add one person to the glee club and you still don't have 12 at least that black girl could dance right i mean like, Rennie can't sing and she's in there sugar can't sing exactly so it was really annoying to see that happen i guess i understand like Obviously, they're going to add what's his name from the Glee Project. And I'm sure some, you know, Jake is going to join and all this stuff. But, like, do, are we forgetting the fact that every season you need 12 people to compete? Yep. That was a big one. Um, I thought Kate Hudson's midriff was mocking me the entire episode. <laughs> um, I thought Kate Hudson was mocking me the entire episode. She might have been. She really didn't look like she wanted to be there. 
She didn't. And what um what really bothered me about that storyline was Rachel just being like, "You have alcohol in your breath." Like, like who's really like you're young and naive, but who's just going to turn around to their professor and be like, "You smell like alcohol." You know what you're dealing with, Rachel. You've dealt with worse. You should be able to handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to do that? Um, my biggest low note, though, more than any low note, um, quite a few instances of characters singing and somebody accompanying them on piano. Yeah. Where the fuck is Brad, Erica? I don't know. It's not Why wasn't he there for the auditions? Why didn't he go along to New York with Rachel if he's not there for the auditions? Is he in Louisville? Is he, (laughs) did he take Santana's cheerleading scholarship? I don't know where he is, but it's very upsetting. I do not feel right not having Brad there. <laughs> Are you ready for my biggest low note? Yes, I am. It seems kind of petty now. <laughs> well, I mean, anything next to that is petty. True. Um, it's the new costume designer. Ooh. Did you count how many hats there were in this episode? Well, I, I was guessing that the that the Marley hat was sort of a um, kind of a very specific, like, oh, she wears a hat, but it's a be a dirty. And not a uh, beret the way Rachel used to wear. Um, it seems I very specific to me. Hate that hat, first okay. of all. And I think it was three different hats just in the same shape that she wore. Oh, that's annoying because she's supposed to be poor. Yeah. Oh. Well, there were ten hats in different scenes <laughs> oh my across God. this entire. Okay, episode. okay. Let me see if I can figure out where the rest of them were. So that was three. Rachel had on like a big wintry thing. That's four. Right, which was another pet peeve because everyone else was in t-shirts and jeans, yep. and she was in bright colored wool tights and a winter hat and yeah, long well, that's always like, Rachel never dressed for the dresses for the season um okay who else wore a sugar did sugar wear a hat she didn't oh okay um um other characters I, I honestly don't remember every other instance okay but there were 10 hats <laughs> but there were 10 different hats I think another three of them were Kurt okay but none of them were particularly great mm-hmm. so interesting I didn't love them, and so, I didn't love Kurt's entire wardrobe. I think that he dresses much better than that, and they toned him down too much. Okay. Mm, um, interesting. We'll see where this goes. He's going to be in New York soon, so things will change. The hat thing. There were just too many hats. Um, I'm going to give you a responsibility from now on. To count hats. hats. To your on hat count. All right. You're on hat watch. I literally have notes across the top of my notes that says hat count. And <laughs> okay, I need you from hashtags. every episode from now on to count the hats. I will. Okay. Um, so some stray observations. Oh, the only one I had was noting who was a regular and who wasn't. Amber Riley, Mark Sailing, and Harry Shum Jr., oddly enough, were still listed in the, in the regular credits. Interesting. Um, as was Cordover Street. Um, I am pretty sure, and I might be wrong about this, that Deanna of Aragon was not listed. And I might be crazy, but I didn't see Jamie Mays' name in there. But maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I'll, I'll look for it tonight. Okay. So we'll do that. Um, okay, so should we move on to the mountains of feedback we have? Yeah, and we have mountains and mountains and... <coughs> excuse me. Unfortunately, I'm going to make you read it all. Notice how she coughed right before she said that, listeners. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> um, Emily has to read all of it. She does. Nice. I see how it is. All right, so <laughs> um, shall I start with Brienne? Sure. Okay, Brienne writes... So here we are again. It seemed like just last week we were talking about the season finale. <laughs> Ooh, winky face. <laughs> winky face. 
I guess I will start by talking about the new cast members. Kate Hudson is okay, nothing too exciting, but from next week's trailer, it seems like she is a train wreck. Train wrecks are always fun. Kitty is a bitch. Boring. I hope she gets more of a personality soon. Marley is cute, and I can definitely see liking her. Her voice is nice. Broody is hot, but he's definitely looked better with his sh- without with his shirt. But he definitely I looks think she better meant with his without. Shirt. Yeah, I would assume he did. In the words of Clueless, he is a Monet. His face doesn't look as good up close. Okay, yes, with that shirt. But my favorite new character is Jake. He's got attitude, and his voice was the best of all the newbies. I'd also like to point out that. Though Unique isn't new, it seems someone took acting lessons over the summer because his slash her acting seems a million times better. We're not going to acknowledge that comment. I'm not commenting on that. My favorite song of the night was Blaine's It's Time. He definitely deserves to be the new Rachel. He commands the stage. And did I mention I love him lately? I wrote in my notes, squeal. As for the other songs, Call Me Maybe. It was kind of boring. I think being how popular it was all summer, it was covered by so many people and done in interesting ways that this was just blah. I highly recommend the version with Jimmy Fallon and... Note Amer- about note about Brienne. She loves Jimmy Fallon. Oh, uh, I I used to despise Jimmy Fallon because I just I like him. He was so talentless, and his main job on SNL was to laugh was in to the middle break. of sketches. And I still don't think he's funny, but I feel like he's found in, uh, the right place for him. Yeah, and he seems to be like occasionally. I think he does do some pretty funny things on the show now. Um, but I still always just feel like there's got to be more talented people out there than him. Well, the cover that she's recommending is actually really good. There's a kazoo in it. I do like kazoos. That right there is reason to YouTube it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Uh, Americano dance again mashup. The song was okay. Kate Hudson is a decent singer, but the dancing was definitely the star of this one. I can only hope they don't do the mash. Don't overdo the mashup this year. New York State of Mind. I thought it was a great idea having Rachel and Marley sing it, therefore connecting the two stories. However, in comparison, it became blatantly obvious that if Marley is supposed to be the new Rachel, she doesn't even hold a candle to Rachel. That girl can sing no matter what anyone says about her. And Chasing Pavement, again, it was a nice way to connect the two locations, but it just reaffirmed that Marley ain't no Rachel. High points. Clean moments. Love the whole outdoor cafeteria scene, whatever you call that. Quad, perhaps. Leecher. I was wondering what, too. Uh, Rachel's roommate is a slut. This is basically my college experience. <laughs> I know, right, Brianne? It's everybody's. I had multiple roommates, me too, that would have sex while I was in the room or lock me out for hours. It shall be interesting for her and Kurt to live together. Let's see how the friendship holds up. Ooh, good point. I didn't think about that. Best quote of the night. Can't scissor over webcam. Brittany. I'm glad Santana is in high school and cheerleading. Oh, is in school. In school. I love Stoner Brett's audition and Brittany getting totally into it. Kurt and Bert moment. Ugh, Bert killed me when he said, you can always come back, but then says, so Kurt can't hear, but you won't. They are great together. Low points. This is technical, but being from New York, it annoyed me that Kurt was able to find Rachel without <laughs> I have gone into Manhattan with people and lost them through the course of the night. There is no way he would have found her without knowing where she was. Again, I'm being super critical. A note, though, about that, Brianne. I can't get over how many times in New York I bump into... Or see people, like, from behind, and I'm like, is that so-and-so who I went to high school with 12 years ago? It is. So, yeah, it's a little bit fairy ish but at the same time, I have bumped into so many random people where I never would have expected to. Um, so I'll I give it some leeway. Where um do we know where Niata is? Because I I was questioning that with the Brody thing too. Like he just walked into the park and found her, and I was curious if it was Central Park, which would be impossible. Like Washington Square Park. Or it? I was questioning if it was like Union Square or Washington Square. I thought you know I didn't look closely enough. I thought 
It looks like Washington Square Park. Yeah, because Washington Square Park is tiny, so I kind of took that back. Right. And but is have, Miata, like, is it de- where is it? Yeah, I, want, I don't know. It could very well be, like, if it's supposed to be near NY- NYU. Right, is it NYU? Um, I mean, I don't know how big, this, if the school has multiple buildings, then it mm-hmm. could be in multiple neighborhoods. I don't know. I'm going to have to look for that. For for whatever reason, I just didn't even think to pay attention to that. But I will look for it to try to figure it out. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brienne continues. So sad that Mike and Tina broke up. The main plot was so predictable. Let's be popular and mean. Oh, we've discovered that we are outsiders because of Marley. Let's not be mean. Though I was glad the newbies got flushed. The storyline seemed to have been done quite a few times on here. Is it just me? Are they running out of storylines? Yes, that's why they use Marley's fat lunch lady mom as a story. (laughs) Some other random notes. Jake is going to be the next Finn, as evidenced by his meeting in Will's office. Will likes him, takes him under his wing, and has a new protege. Future couple, Sam and Marley. I know the trailer for next week had something between her and Jake, but I think it will be Sam, ultimately. Overall, I give the episode a B. Yeah, I'd probably be a B-. minus. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything out of this world. So far, the two locations have worked. I just hope it doesn't get crazy once Finn, Santana, Mike, Mercedes, and Quinn come back into the picture. Until next week, Brienne. Thank you, Brienne. Um, okay. I'll move on to Angie's. Okay. Okay, let me open the book. Updated one, right? The updated one, yes. To boldly, to boldly glee where no one has gleed before. Angie writes, good afternoon, ladies. My first official lead back, yay, let's see how I do. I'm sure I won't be as epic as Wayne Kotke or as deep as Beth, but I'll do my best. This is something new for me. I don't normally rewatch a Glee episode so close after air date, but I doubt it will be much of a chore. Before I get into the detailed rundown of the episode, I wanted to point something out. To me, it feels Glee has gone big budget tech-wise. The entire show felt like it was filmed differently. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch an old season one to three episode, then start watching this one. The difference isn't really noticeable in Yada, but wait till there is an Ohio scene. It had the feel of a movie. There were some pretty cool camera angles, too, like the Burt-Kurt scene and the extreme close-up of Kurt when he was on the phone. It also felt more filtered or something. I, for one, loved it. Our little Glee is all grown up. I didn't, I mean, Niata definitely, the New York scenes to me looked significantly different, which is appropriate. I didn't notice it with Ohio, but I'll look again tonight. Also, I've noticed the language is a little more adult. Another welcome change. For example, when Kurt is talking on the phone, he says to Rachel, so he's wearing a towel that was barely covered by his tweaky tube and he's straight, hot, like hello. In season one to three, Kurt would never say something like that. Likely, our lady is all grown up. I have hope for this later time slot will give us something fresh and new. I think we'll find out tonight about that since yeah. Brittany's. As for the Ohio-New York City split, I was worried, but it really was quite seamless. I do admit it, I miss everyone together in the choir room, and didn't think I would ever say that. I'm definitely looking forward to Hummelberry's journey, although Clayne being separated like that gives me a big sad. Angie is a sad panda on the cleanness. <laughs> I think I've rambled enough, so here we go with the rewatch. For ease, I will make it bulleted, as my list is all over the place. Well, they really drop you into action, don't they? Of course, they opened with Rachel. Well, I guess it's fitting, since they closed last season with Rachel, right? Okay, so Cassandra July. I instantly hated her, but I guess she's the villain, so that makes Later, there's a bit of depth to her, but she's still an evil bitch. Oh, yeah, the Little Miss David Schwimmer line. I'm convinced there is some weird Glee Friends connection, so this tickled me quite a bit. Maybe someday I'll explain my Glee Friends connection. I never really watch Friends, so I don't know. One thing that really pleases me is to see Rachel realize she's not queen shit anymore. Character development, yay! I like this more vulnerable Rachel. Jacob Ben Israel, shouldn't he be graduated by now? And he's without his fro. R.I.P. Fro. I guess he's also a magical junior? 
I'm not sure how I feel about uh, New Directions being popular all of a sudden. I guess it speaks to the shallowness of high school. I much prefer that the Glee Club were underdogs. Thank goodness that was a short-term storyline. Hell, most of the storylines this episode were short-term. Save the New York stuff. Uh, laughing my ass off. See you next, Tina. More of that grown-up Glee stuff. The Tina breakup, the Tyke breakup seemed pretty abrupt. Back to New York City. Brody, all I have to say is yummy. Methinks Finn has some competition. And the shower scene tradition continues. Season one was Finn, season two was Sam, and four is Brody. Was there one in three? Slow motion hot man alert. Was there a shower scene in three? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Interesting. First scene with McCurt. I've mentioned this to Beth already, but I think Kurt, and by extension Chris's voice, has finally dropped. I noticed it when I met him in Ohio, too. Puberty has definitely been kind to him. I love Humbleberry almost as much as I love Clean. Almost. Doll baby Robin. I just noticed that Kurt is making cutesy faces at the baby. My heart just melted. I liked how Kurt visited Sue. There was always a bit of a bond between the two. The jury is still out on Kitty. Right now, she is season one Quinn 2.0. That's all I will say about that. I definitely noticed a broken curtain this scene. Makes sense. Choir room scene. Man, it looked pathetic in there. Whatever shall they do? We all know that they will miraculously get the 12 people they need at the last minute, then move on. God, I miss the grads. Gee, or they could have just picked 12 <laughs> for the thing when they had more than 12 kids on anyway Will has lost his curls I personally think that was his strength like Samson okay what is with Blaine he seems to be a bit of a douche in this episode I really hope this is a short lived but without Kurt I am starting to worry okay people might disagree with me but I kind of like Unique oh like Alex went through some acting boot camp or something over the summer most of his or her zingers made me laugh okay moving on moving on Angie (laughs) Call Me Maybe, a guilty pleasure, but it was an out-of-context song, so I don't care. Blaine was hot in it, though, and in what world is Britney a lead singer material? I know she got way too many solos last year, but come on. Kurt, in the lima bean, poor guy. Why didn't he just work for his dad? Does Hummel Tire and Lube not exist anymore? Yay for exposition. You can't really scissor over webcam. Another grown-up glee quote. Good point. Like Wayne, I thought the hats were ridiculous, but this cute, jaunty one on Kurt was the bee's knees. Um... I don't, does Hummel, Tire, and Lube exist? Um, I don't know. Is he still a senator? Isn't Bert like a congressman or senator or something? Maybe. I don't know. I think Ryan Murphy got tired of that, so I don't know if he still is. Because otherwise he would have to be there to run it and not be a congressman, and we know Finn's not helping him run it. Cause Finn right, because he's in the army. Ah, no. Uh, Angie continues, warp to New York. There is, this is, there is the Cassie July depth I was talking about. You can tell she has some regrets. And there are the assholes, Glee kids again. I don't like them. Bring back my underdogs. The lunch lady scene really bothered me. That is totally out of character for the Glee kids. Almost to unbelievability. I hate that they fell for peer pressure. In fairness, though, I don't think Britney didn't mean to make a joke. Britney wasn't actually mean in that scene. No, she wasn't. Um, I love Marley and her mother. I love her voice. I love her personality. I can also identify with her as I was the poor kid that had the goodwill clothes and just wanted to be long. So kudos Glee for finally giving me someone to identify with. Americano dance. This, that was one of the best numbers in the series and the song is growing on me. That's all I have to say about that. Auditions. Again, shallowness of high school that the only auditioned because the club was popular. Yet Will only picked one person. Dude, you have more people wanting to join. Let them join. Love the auditions, though. The reactions of the existing members and Kurt were priceless. I am saying this right now. I absolutely love Jake. I love his voice. Love his story. I just love it. Laugh out loud. Can I also add that I love Kurt in the scene? Big surprise. He was channeling his inner Mr. Shoe. 
Then he had a singing class. And I just say, I want to live in this room. Also, the girl was cut and Kurt didn't make it in. It doesn't make sense at all. Well, at least there's an opening and Carmen says it's possible to reapply for December. Ooh, the possibilities. The Freshman Reaping. So that's a Game of Thrones and a Hunger Games reference. Way to be hip to pop culture, Glee. Yeah, I didn't think about that. New York State of Mind. At first I thought, oh God, the obligatory Rachel Solo. Then she sang an Oh Me Gusta. See, Oh Me Gusta. That's how you do a Spanish accent. <laughs> I knew there was a reason Rachel was my third favorite character. Coupled with Marley, the song is pure perfection. See, I told you I would fangirl. And I noticed something in that audition on the Ohio side. Where in the hell is Brad the piano player? Another question. How come we'll let Marley finish but not Jake? And that performance totally called for a slow clap moment for Modi. Aw, poor Pucky Jr. His dude kept him from the club. I love that background sound as he was reading the list. Sounds like he was going to lose it. Yay, clean moment in the choir room. Might as well enjoy them while we can, right? Poor Kurt. He's desperately trying to find some purpose in life. I also love how Tina called Kurt out on his competitiveness. Surprise, surprise. Blaine won. I am happy as I'm biased, but Brittany is a close second. Not sure I trust Artie's judgment on that one. Clean scene and it's time. Yay for the annual Blaine courtyard scene. Okay, this is where the blubbering started. This is where we really see a broken Kurt. Okay, I have a thought or two on this song. For one, this is so sweet. I love that Blaine is being selfless. And there's also some symbolism in this song. Notice that Blaine and everyone else are playing a childhood game. He's telling Kurt that it's time to move on and be an adult. I just hope it doesn't blow up in his face later. I have a feeling it might. Also, I want to comment on Kurt's new wardrobe. I love it. It's simple, yet stylish. That's all. And I was a bit miffed that Clayne didn't kiss. Didn't kiss. Haha. <laughs> um... So she disagrees with you on the styling. Yeah, um, I feel like <laughs> how Wayne and I used to disagree. I think Wayne and I agree more, and now I think and Angie and I disagree. Your your glee nemesis. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, you two are definitely on different wavelengths. Very different. Which makes it interesting. Glee kids being jerks. I just can't, so I'm moving on. Back to New York, and there is the only time we see Finn. He's not my favorite character, but I kind of miss him. I know, Wayne, I suck. I miss Santana, too. I didn't really miss Mercedes or Quinn, though. I love these external New York scenes. I think Brody is just a genuine nice guy. I hope he sticks around. Yeah, you two are so opposites. The dance class scenes are starting to get boring already. Can we move on now? Oh, God, this is the scene that made me sob from now till the end of the episode. The Burt Kurt scene. Those two need their own show. They are by far the best actors on the series. When Burt said, you can always come back, but you won't, and broke down, I just lost it. I really hope that's not the end of Bert. And yet, Kurt looks so hot. Are you seeing him in there? a theme here? And God damn it, that scene got me again. I am a bit verklempt. Excuse me a moment. Okay, I'm back. Back to Ohio. I think I kind of love Sam this season so far. And thank God they all learned their lesson. I would have enjoyed the show way less if they were popular. One of the best lines, unique eyes. They are on fire. Reveal that Jake is a puckerman. No surprise. Chasing Pavements, my second least favorite, oh, my second favorite song in the episode. Like I said before, I love Marley. She just needs to lose those stupid hats. You agree on that. There you go. <laughs> and there is a traditional someone looks on while New Directions is performing in the first episode thing with Jake. I also love how the song was integrated with the Hummelberry stuff. Again, this is a tear-inducing scene, especially as Rachel is breaking down at the end and Kurt tells her to look behind her. Oh, that was intense. Again, anyhow, some final thoughts on the episode. This was a very solid episode, an intro to season four. A lot happened, but it didn't feel shoehorned into me. A, maybe even a plus for me. Sad that Clayne is separated, but I hope that Humbleberry love will mend a very broken heart. We shall see. Marley and Jake, I love them so much. If a show can make me cry at the season premiere, this season is going to be a giant cry fest. I can see it now. At the same time, I laugh several times, so there's that. With Glee comes Gleecast. I know we hung out all summer, but I'm glad you ladies are back. Oh, thank, thank you. you. 
So final verdict. Jazzed about the new season. So glad to see my Clayne and Hummelberry again. Maybe I am just on a premiere high, but I intend on writing it all the way to the end if I can. I even went as far as to tweet Ryan regarding the first episode, and he tweeted me back asking my opinion. How cool is that? At the very least, it has inspired me further in my writing. That's why I, that's what I love about the show. It has helped me rediscover what I love to do. As I said last episode, I started writing again, but I have also started taking voice lessons. I intend to get back into musical theater. Good for you, Angie. Anyhow, I think I've rambled enough. Again, you are back, and let's hope for an amazing season four. Yours in gleekiness, Angie, who, of course, you can find at Curtsy. I'm just going to put these in the show notes because they're really hard to say out loud. <laughs> um, two old ladies write glee.blogspot.com, two spelled out, and curtsy.ca. Damn it. See, this is really hard. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to put them in the show notes, and I'll put them on the Facebook page so everybody knows where to go. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you, Angie. Um, Angie's always very positive about Glee, which is always refreshing. Is. <laughs> you and I can certainly get very, uh, what's the word, uh, glasses half full. I meant <laughs> no, glass empty. Glass half empty. Yes, but we can all come together and agreeing on some things, including Marley's hats. Yes. Um, all right, so we've got two more. One from Beth. Um, so Beth writes, hi, Emily and Erica. It's season four, finally. I am so glad the wait is over. I've had a productive summer. Thanks for asking. We, we totally asked. <laughs> I kept my little glee cart busy with projects, which included writing my first fan fiction and designing sound effects for my first play. Well, it's not my play. I didn't write it. It's my first play I've worked on since becoming a card-carrying adult member of society. In this spirit, I decided to try something new. I'm writing my feedback on Microsoft Word instead of using my email account. Who knew such a program existed on my computer? I'm delighted. There should be less spelling errors for one thing. Fewer run-on sentences for another. Because this stupid program yells at me if my grammar is too poor, I shall be forced to adopt a more mature writing style. Not. I really figured out how to work around perfection and maintain my writing style intact. Fine by us, Beth. I feel so clever. I figured out the theme of the first episode all on my own. Change as in change can be good. If I can change my writing habits and become a better writer, change enough to get over my fear of screwing up and learn to run a soundboard during the live performance of a play, then Glee can change too. It's only fair to allow everything in life the right to change. Now, as I see it, there are reasons why Glee needs to change. A fourth year in the choir room with no outside influence and no new members is going to lead to a very stagnant show. What I perceive Glee is doing about it. They are bringing in new characters, new locations, and letting some of the older, arguably less popular characters fade into the background. I'm sorry if some of you lost your favorite characters, Mike Chang, but uh, but after spending summer writing Glee fanfic for 30 plus characters, I realized some of them are were impossible to write for. So did the writers. And I found it very easy to give them a nice send off with the intention of inviting them back during the holidays, just like the Glee writers appear to be doing. But you cry. The new members are simply reboot reboots of old characters that have left. Well, maybe, maybe not. It's the opening episode where we are being introduced to them. Let's give them a chance to grow or fade in the background as appropriate. Anyway, on to my recap feedback. Okay, it's not really a recap recap or feedback. It's just a crazy random mixture of thoughts I have about the show. I will try to be good and start at the beginning of the show and stop when I get to the end. Cassandra July is a bitch. She is lucky I am not her student. She would be dead by now as I would have ripped her a new one and she would have bled to death from the fatal wound it left behind. Pun intended. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. Gee. Ugh. Just... Yeah, anyway, no, seriously, I could deal with the muffin top crack as dancer should be in great shape, but to refer to Ohio as Michigan turd, well, she's asking for it. To be fair, she picked on Lydia first, and then she picked on Rachel. Now you are asking, who in the hell is Lydia? Clapping hands together loudly. People pay attention. Lydia is muffin top's name, and she is the second new character we meet in the show. Are you keeping score with me? Good. Keep up. Back to the halls of McKinley. Jacob, is that you? Where is your fro? And why are you still here? Are you a senior now? Glee, help me out here. Artie to Ben, Jacob, and Riz, 
to make up his rule after he comments <laughs> that he has been seen sitting with Cheerios in the lunchroom. Well, well actually seen sitting. That was a good line. <laughs> was a really good thing about it. No, Darty, you are in a wheelchair. I love hearing and seeing this this season. One snarky talk turned back up on the show. Tina and Mike breaking up. No surprise. Can't wait to find out why. The attraction was to quote Rod Stewart's purely physical in my mind between the two of them. Mike is gone, and I guess the and I guess the only he, thing he took from McKinley was Tina's virginity. <laughs> when I look at characters like Mike, I wish they had left more in the background. So far, there doesn't seem to be a replacement for him in the classroom. It would be nice to pull in another fantastic dancer who gets the Matt Rutherford treatment. Remember Matt from season one? No, not really? My point exactly. I certainly remember Matt Rutherford. Oh, yes, we remember him. Okay, moving on. Hi, Trouty Mouth. He's such a cute geek. There he is, quoting Twilight. (laughs) forgot about that. I've grown to love Sam. He was once a new character. Mental note. Must remember to allow myself to grow to love other new characters. So who's the new Rachel? Jacob asks, and we are we are led into a nice transition back to Rachel in New York. It worked for me. Poor Rachel, her roommate. Could it be Lydia? I am studying the silhouette to see if there's a muffin top. Nope, can't tell. Sorry, moving on. Well, if she was having sex, presumably she wasn't wearing pants. And you only get a she muffin top wearing muffin pants. Top. Yeah. Oh. Uh, not hearing from Finn in two months. Well, he's in boot camp. The first thing they do is take away your cell phone. Like prison, you get one phone call, and you better hope there's someone there to take your call, because otherwise you leave a phone message. Then there is no contact with the outside world for a while. You are allowed to write and receive letters, which makes me wonder. Didn't anyone send Rachel Finn's address, or because she left home, no one's seen Finn sent Finn's address? Three o'clock in the morning, shower, moisturizer rituals. No wonder Rachel looks so worn out during dance class. Oh, a shower scene. And the guy is singing Night Ranger, Sister Christian. I love that song. So we've already had several great singing in the shower scenes. Finn in season one, Sam in season two, Blaine in season three. Or maybe I shouldn't include Blaine in the shower with this group, but I love watching him shower during his fighter song. It was the best part. And now Brody in season four. I may get tired of repeated themes on Glee, but show writers, I will never get tired of semi-naked young men in towels. Just putting it out there, Brody is a new character, number three. Twinkle Tube, I love you, Kurt. Aw, baby Robin. Is she a new character or returning one? I'm confused. <laughs> I confess, I stopped the show and started at that baby for a few minutes. Oh, and stared at that baby for a minute. <laughs> I studied her feature to see if she has downs. They put a little cap on her head, so I couldn't determine ear placement, a distinct downs feature. Her eye folds looked pretty normal. Her tongue is rather long, large and long, another downs feature. Hmm, too early to call it. Curious to see if that story plays out. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> we were really wondering. We're glad it's not just us. Kitty, another new character. <laughs> Bitch, I love you. Quinn never bit that hard. Kurt, at least you signed up for community college. Sue, did you just call Kurt Twinkletish? Well, the time has changed. The time change has ramped up the language a little bit. Giggle, I liked it. Back to the Glee Choir room. It's supposed to be smaller this year to make room for some of the New York sets. Not really noticing a change in the room's physical size. Oh, here comes Wade. Has anyone surprised to see him in the choir room? Let's see a show of hands. Anybody? Crickets. Okay, as long as Wayne sticks to one-liners and doesn't take a song away from Lane, I'm good with it. Lane and Tina do lo- do not look pleased. Joe gets to do his only real act of the night. He claps for Wade. Good job, Joe. <laughs> I am the only person on the planet who has not heard Call Me Maybe. Come to think of it, I haven't seen Titanic either. I liked it. By the way, Beth, until like two weeks ago, I'd never actually heard the song. I kept seeing like the, the little meme going around, but I'd never actually heard the song myself. Uh, she continues, poor Blaine doesn't look happy. I think he really wants to be the new Rachel. Now I sat around and thought and thought about Blaine's behavior change. This is what occurred to me. He didn't get to be head of the warblers without putting himself out there. 
He moved up in new directions rather fast, but he did have history singing with Rachel. He didn't have to work very hard to get solos. Wade was also top of the top of his choir and even won the MVP award, something Blaine probably would like to win for himself. And how does one win an MVP award by being the lead? I bet. I hope Blaine and Wade continued. Blaine and Wade continue to duke it out over season four. Brittany, the new Rachel, please God no. Brittany needs to learn to enunciate her words better. The mumbling gets to me. Although this episode, I was able to understand her better. Tina, you need more character development before you can be anything. Lima bean, I love the lima bean. I'm a mocha latte with raspberry syrup, whipped cream, and sprinkles kind of girl. Brittany cancels over Santana over Skype. Excuse me while I clean up the Dr. Pepper I snorted out of my nose. Brittany, for heaven's sake, use your imagination. Kurt, running over to Kitty. You run gay, Kurt. I love you. Don't change. Switching back to New York. Um, sorry. <laughs> Okay, Okay. switching back to New York. Ah, Cassandra has a soft spot for successful former students. His name is Benjamin. Yes, this is his one big shot on Glee. His parents must be so proud. I won't count him as a new character. Cassie likes a little, well, a lot of rum in her smoothie. You go, girl. Who else is with Cassie? Sometimes I feel the need for a little liquid reinforcement. I can relate. Rachel calls her out on it. Rachel, honey, let me take you aside and explain something to you. Never, I mean, never ever call out your teacher, the one who can pass or fail you, that he or she has been drinking while in front of the class. One of the two things will happen. Either they will funk your little butt out of the classroom, or they will break out into a big old song and dance number and make you feel inadequate. You've been forewarned. Moving back to McKinley, oh my God, did Sam just check out Marley's ass? Let me rewind and check. Yes, he did. Hmm. Are you sure he wasn't checking out her hat? That's possible. Wait, no, honey, it's all or nothing. If you want to wear a little eyeliner like Kirk did, I'm okay with that. But no full makeup on without a dress. It's a package deal, otherwise it is creepy. I like the Game of Thrones reference since I haven't actually watched Game of Thrones and could understand it. So the New Directions kids are worried about their popularity? Okay, I want to see where this goes. Oh, oh, we have two unnamed jock bullies. Will one of them eventually give a breakout performance and be the new Dave Kurofsky? Only time will tell. Let's keep them in the background and give them one-liners for now. Poor lunch lady. Another new character and a parent to boot. I can just hear all the Tina and Artie fans crying a foul. Look, if Tina and Artie's mom wants to work in the school in the lunchroom, they can be seen. Just saying. Poor Brittany. Brittany made a funny about the large lunch lady and didn't know it. No wonder she is popular. <laughs> then Artie made a funny about the lunch lady, except it wasn't funny. Actually, it was really lame. I like Beckley writers. Artie has never been known for his sense of humor, and now we know why. Marley wears excess and even... Extra small, and even if she doesn't, her mom sews it on her sweater. Oh, wait, I guess that isn't the size that matters, but the label name, or is it? Oh, I'm so confused. It's the label name. Kate Hudson's number. Well, that was exciting. I love big dance numbers like this. Nice sunny day in New York City. Tried to look out the windows to see what was out there. As someone who was learning to do sound effects, I really got a kick out of the police siren loops. Stoner Brett, also known as You Smell Homeless Brett. Nice to see you again. Not a new character. Yay! Continuity. Wade agreeing Jake is sexy. I like those little moments between characters. Glee writers take note. I love those little interactions. Did I mention I like those little conversations between characters? Nice song, Jake. Didn't Mercedes knock over a music stand last season? Jake, are the two of you in cahoots with beating up innocent music stands? Mm, I could see a new running theme here. Jake, another new character. Guess I missed the girl dancer. No, maybe I didn't. Carmen's round room. Hi, Beatrice McLean. Was she Rachel's roommate? I hope so. How in the hell did she get in? Carmen, you took Beatrice and not Kurt. Come here, Carmen, honey, because I am going to rip your arm and beat you about the head and shoulders with it. Okay, I like watching Marley and Rachel singing the same song in two different locations, but, and this is a big but, Glee people don't do this every episode. It will get stale. Agreed. Oh, Marley gets into the club and is happy. Jake doesn't. Well, Mr. Bad Attitude Boy, change. 
Lane is a new Rachel with Brittany coming in second. Lane looks happy. I think Artie has a hard on for Blaine. Wanna bet Blaine caves in to Marley as the new Rachel? I'm calling it. Tina is pissed as she came in third or fourth. Fourth. Yes, I buy that, Tina. I love you, but you need some work. Unique has other good one-liners. Sea writers. Here is Attaboy from me. Keep writing Wade with one-liners. He can handle it and is actually quite funny. No comment. No comment. <laughs> Blaine decides to be a nice guy with Marley, probably because he now knows Artie has a hard-on for him and he's still having his. I just got the lead again. Hi. Watch out, Blaine. Marley will grab the spotlight from you. I can see it coming. Sugar knows that Marley is a phony. I figure it's because she either knows that's no JQ sweater or it's really a size small and not an extra small. What do you think, gang? Is it from Walmart or, as we like to call it, fall part? See, I can be snobby, too. <laughs> My God, that's a really good-looking meat mom who's fixing in the cafeteria. Hope the crew enjoyed a nice cook cookout after that scene was shot. It's time, Song. Blaine, I love you. I tried to see if the band members are the same or different from last year. Couldn't tell through the gratings. Yeah, they were in, like, a cage. It was weird. Darren, I'm impressed. Lip singing while double Dutch jump roping. Is there anything this man can't do? Back to Blaine. Love the youthfulness of the cast. Even looks a little younger from the cheerleaders to the jump rope girls and braids. The cheerleaders last year look so much older by comparison. A deliberate attempt to separate the graduated cast members from the current ones. Am I giving Glee too much credit? Or have I gotten older so everyone looks younger? I don't know. Metaphorically speaking, the courtyard has become a playground. The teenagers are just kids, and it is time for a certain graduate needs to move on. Court is no longer considered a child and needs to put away childish things. The contrast is quite apparent. I guess you just didn't get it, Erica. High school is for kids and non-teacher grown-ups and need to spend time here. It's awkward for all involved. Brittany called Blaine Blaine Warbler. I like that. Oh, oh, I've typed oh, oh a lot. Marley tells everyone that her mom is the lunch lady. Sugar looks a little embarrassed. I could see a friendship between these two. A nice project Sugar could take on. First, she'd start dressing Marley in her cast-off designer clothes, and then she would send Marley's mom to a hell spa, which is really a fat farm in disguise. <laughs> By the end of the episode, Marley looks so hot that Sam asked her out, and Marley's mom has lost her first hundred pounds. She's then invited into a talk show to discuss her amazing weight loss in 42 minutes. This could be the McKinley parallel to Rachel's makeover in season three, episode three. Yes, I think I cracked the code to episode three. I call it first. Brody has a shirt on. Take it off, Brody. Brody gives Rachel a reality check about long-distance relationships. This should only apply to heterosexual couples. Gay couples don't count. Lee sure. writers, take notice. Trying to protect Clean for the cleaners out there. Back to New York. Cassie, be nice to Rachel. Bert Kurt moment. Damn, I love those two. Perfectly done. For those who have left home and never want to be back or have children who have left and never come back, the scene rang true. I've been on both ends. Can't find any fault here. Now we need to find a better way to keep Bert on the show. Doesn't Sam live at the Hudson Humble House? <laughs> and if not, where the hell does Sam live? Good question. Remember? Yeah, he lives with Finn. That's right. How weird. But, Maybe he's running the tire shop. <laughs> but Bert and Carol are in D.C. every weekend. Or every week. I am so confused by this. Maybe he's living at the tire shop. Perhaps. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Speaking of Sam, he goes up to Marley at her locker and tells her about his mom sewing higher-end labels into his cheap clothes. Okay. Where does one get those labels? I was wondering that, too. You need to date her, Sam. You have something in common. So is Brittany popular because she is a cheerleader or because she forgets to wear her underwear? Probably not. <laughs> I wonder how many other little Puckermans are running around. Jake seems to know there could be at least 50 more running around Ohio. With the amount of cougars Noah slept with, there is a possibility of more than that. After, like father, like son. Jake, watching the rehearsal. Wait, New Directions is having a rehearsal. Let me sit back and digest that for a moment. Okay, it's still not registering. Must move on. Rachel's hands on Kurt's face when they meet up in New York City. I love a good hug with a personalized touch. I don't worry how they'll manage how they manage to hook up in such a big city. Maybe Kurt asked her where she was and kept her on the phone the entire time before surprising her. Why worry about stuff like that? I didn't need to see a whole montage. Thankfully, the Grew Riders felt the same way. Brienne didn't, though. 
Uh, things I had to look up. David Schwimmer. To be fair, I thought I knew who he was, but to be sure, I checked him on Wikipedia. I know I should watch Friends, but I don't do sitcoms too well. Rachel does not look like him. Well, not too much. <laughs> Can you buy designer labels online? Is there a black market where people sell these labels? I have weird visions of label thieves cutting out labels of designer clothes in major department stores set to the music of a modern-day Oliver. I've got to cut the label out all too. Oh, <laughs> got to cut a label out all too. I'm trying to do the song from Oliver, but I'm not quite game. Okay, this is just too weird. And no, I couldn't find a place to buy just labels. Maybe I wasn't trying hard enough. All in all, I really enjoyed this episode. Thought it was a stronger opener than last year. I didn't have a problem at all going between the I think it is because I am so aware of who these people are and why they are where they are that switching locations didn't feel any different to me than going from the choir room to the lima bean. Till next episode, ladies. Beth. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Um, a lot of interesting points that we agree and disagree with. Yep. Um, and now I'm going to continue on to the last email of the day. From the one and only Wayne Kotke, who titles his email, A Silent Scream from the Airless, Soundless, Senseless Vacuum that is Glee Season 4. <laughs> I have a feeling Wayne's opinion is going to differ from some of the other ones we've heard on display today. <laughs> we will find out. Uh, Wayne writes, New Emily, New Erica. <laughs> I will start off my feedback with a confession. I am not, nor have I ever been, a 12-year-old girl. I am therefore wholly unqualified to comment on Glee Season 4. No adult male named Wayne should be given any opinion on the show. The only reliable reviews will come from 7th graders with names like Haley, Kaylee, or Brianna. They will be written in glitter pens and covered with stickers, sure, but they will be much truer to the essence of what Glee is trying to accomplish in its fourth season than anything I could write. If you can't actually be a middle schooler named Caitlin, you at least need to be able to channel your inner Caitlin to enjoy Glee fully these days. Citizens, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Um, a quick point about that, Wayne, which is something that Glee has gradually been building more towards. Season one was kind of more for adults. And at a certain point, it, got, it became a hit with kids, and now I think they've definitely gone into the younger audience. Well, yeah. I mean, remember when I went to Glee Live the first season, and I was like, there's so many kids here, it's weird. Like, this is like, just weird. I was like, this show is not for children. Like, Yeah. Because, I mean, season one, you had Christian Chenoweth as an alcoholic, as like the, you know, and you had child molester jokes on the show. Yeah. You don't get that anymore now, do you? Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring back the child molester <laughs> Oh, so many wrong things said today. Okay, Wayne continues. So why am I still sending feedback about Glee to your podcast? I haven't figured that out yet. A big part of it is that I'm stubborn. I've stuck with the show for three seasons, and I'll be damned if I'm going to quit now. Here then are my totally irrelevant irrelevant observations on the new Rachel. Is Kate Hudson appearing on Glee as some sort of court-ordered community service? She seems to be here against her will, and she speaks her lines as if she's learned them phonetically. Well, Spanish, definitely. The idea of Rachel being tortured by a sarcastic, uber-tough dance teacher is intriguing, but Hudson brings only dead-eyed indifference to this part. Her put-downs are fairly lame. Oh, it's like a turd, really? That's the best you got? The critic for Newsday compared these scenes to Black Swan, but it's more like Black Swan if the whole cast were on Ambien and it was made for Nickelodeon. <laughs> Cassandra July sounds like one of those monikers you get when you plug your personal info into a formula called what would your stripper name be? I think it's your grandmother's middle name and the month of the year when you lost your virginity. <laughs> Over the hiatus, there was an intriguing article at Crack.com about how Glee is one of the most bafflingly racist shows on TV. The cast has a lot of diversity, sure, but the non-WASP characters are often highly stereotyped so that viewers can't possibly miss their racial, ethnic, religious, sexual orientation. One character the author cited was Jacob Ben Israel. And it's tough to disagree. He's the TV equivalent of what you get if you did a Google image search of for clip art plus Jew. He's lost the effort this season, but somehow that makes him look like he's 40. 
<laughs> I'm usually seen sitting. Line of the episode. I'm more interested in Tina's personal assistant than I could ever be in Tina. So Jacob got to spell the word cunt on the air. That's progress, right? <laughs> Sam's Taylor Lautner impression sounds like Heath J- Leather- Ledger's Joker. Is that intentional? Um, I think it's intentional that it's bad. I don't yeah. know that he was going for Heath Ledger, but I think it's supposed to be bad. Rachel does a very Tracy Flicky monologue. Reese Witherspoon should really be getting royalties from Fox. And Grody Brody croons his way into our lives with Sister Christian. No glee. No. That song belongs to Boogie Nights and Coed Showers. Those belong to Starship Troopers. Even though this scene was, has more of a sleazy, cruel intentions too vibe. I say sleazy because Brody is clearly a practice lady man who has pulled the seduction routine on a dozen girls before he met Rachel. How else would he be able to say all the right things at all the right times in this episode? I think he's been flunking his Neata classes for years just so we can keep macking on freshman girls. Brody is an official himbo, Rachel. I would, won't say keep your distance, but know what you're getting into. Yeah, probably. I have a comment. Uh-huh. Wayne, you've seen Cruel Intentions too, <laughs> Right? Why? <laughs> Wait, is it good? I don't, I don't know. Somebody is in that movie. Somebody who went on to do other things. Why um, would I? I never watch like straight to video sequels like that. I'm, oh, I, I love straight to, vi- to video sequels, but usually they're because I always want them to be really bad. But usually they're just boring. Um, I mean, oh no! Is Amy Adams in Cruel Intention two? Somebody there, random is in. Apparently, Cruel- there's a Cruel Intentions two and three. With Kara Smith from Dawson's Creek. Amy Adams is in Cruel Intentions. She is in too. Cruel Intentions too. Um, oh God, the cover is so like um, photoshopped pictures of people. Um, who else is in it? Sarah Thompson, Amy Adams, Mimi Rogers. Um, I kind of want to watch Girl Legends too now. Directed by Roger Cumble. Why? Just tell me why, Wayne. Tell me on the Facebook page why. Um, you might. It's directed by a guy who's directed a lot of episodes of Pretty Little Liars. Oh, I might like it then. <laughs> also did Just Friends. Oh, it's the same director as Cruel Intentions. Oh, well. Okay, well, he's got a, a thing. Oh, and he okay, did so- two episodes of Kath and Kim. I really like that show. Um, so, right. oh, and, okay, so Wayne, tell us all about Cruel Intentions, too. Please. Um, okay, so he continues. We've all known or heard about students who hang around their old high school after they've graduated, but I've never ever heard of one who did so at the beginning of the next school year the way Kurt does. Fortunately, I know some other uh, some other characters, Sue and Blaine, call him on this fear, call him on this fairly quickly. Another new character is introduced, Kitty, and this is definitely a case of being careful what you wish for. I said that I wanted Kitty to be a stereotypical mean girl, and that's exactly what she is. I was mistaken. I should have said that I want Kitty to be an interesting, compelling character, and that's exactly what she isn't. She's written now such a cartoonish that she's no fun at all as a villain. Either drastically rethink the character, Glee, or banish her to wherever you sent Matt Rutherford. <laughs> R.I.P. Matt Rutherford. Matthew Morrison, you should never enter a room by psychotically shouting the name of your own show. That is never appropriate behavior. I like the new do, though. Again, <laughs> disagreements. If Glee does a super serious, very special episode about the choking game, I will be delighted. I think this is just a quick throwaway joke, though. We'll see. Wade's first line in this episode is a clunker. I want it to be somewhere where difference was celebrated. Ugh. The rot is starting to set in. If he has to be on the show, can we at least get a real actor to dub all of his dialogue? Wayne, you and me, high five. High five. I'm with Will here. I'm not interested in this new Rachel stuff. I realize it's the hook for the episode. Something strange is happening to me. The Glee Club itself is now the least interesting aspect of the show. I honestly do not give a shit about new directions or any internal politics going in the group. I want to get away from McKinley and back to New York. 
I do like the running joke that Tina feels she was officially anointed as Rachel's successor in the props episode. And Artie's power tripping is amusing, too. But it could have done without the whole storyline and never missed it. If Call Me Maybe is supposed to be a showcase for the individual vocalists, why oh why do Britney and Tina come in at the same time harmonizing? Makes no sense. The live of being seen, that was something something nice building up here with Blaine, Kurt, and Britney. But then Kitty vomits all over it, and the scene ends before it even gets started. I guess they're trying to make Kate Hudson more complex here. She actually does help some people. She drinks, blah, 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 blah. If you're trying to show that she drinks out of bitterness for her own lost youth or missed opportunities, just have her swigging from a bottle instead of making some fancy schmancy fruit smoothies. The episode is starting to sputter. Yeah, but remember on Smash, the whole milkshake thing was important. So I'm guessing, you know, theme. And then, well, here is Marley. Marley and her goddamn hat. Marley and her goddamn hat and her saintly goddamn lady <laughs> mother who's here to teach us all a lesson about not teasing people based on their appearances. Even though Glee does that all the fucking time. Honestly, someone should go through season one to three and put together a super cut of all Glee's cheap shots, including its many fat jokes. This is galling hypocrisy, and it takes the show in an embarrassingly after-school special direction. The hell with all of this. Marley can't act worth shit, and she has a personality of drywall. If she has magic in her throat, worst line of the episode, by the way, <laughs> I hope it's malignant. Oh, and then Unique comes in, and we all learn another goddamn lesson about tolerance. Oh, joy and rapture. And then, then, Kitty comes in and starts syncing up the scene further with her generic, boring bitchiness, and we hear some of the dumb snare drum music on the soundtrack. There are these are the absolute worst. Your mom is so fat jokes I ever heard. <laughs> there are better ways. There are better than ones than a Google search anyway. Ladies of the class, I ask you, how many different ways can a single scene suck? Well, everyone could have been wearing hats. True. Um, and Wade could have talked more. Uh, I think Lee, they have a new Burton Kurt with the lunch lady and Marley. They, oh, I think Lee thinks they have a new Burton Kurt with the lunch lady and Marley. They don't. This is shameless pandering. Nothing more. American Idol does it all the time. They really want you to like Indestin, so they emphasize her sob story. Molly Sue Suggins has 19 brothers and sisters, and they all live in a broom closet of a crack house. If Molly wins the recording contract, she'll use the proceeds to keep her grandmother's life support machine turned on for another month. So then Molly steps up nervously, oversings the hell out of Amazing Grace or something, and of course, they're going to send her to Hollywood. That kind of stuff puts me off Idol, and it's a dangerously close to putting me off Glee. And let's get real here, Glee. Marley does not look like any poor girl you or I have ever met. She clearly has an army of stylists and wardrobe people telling her just off camera, hats do not grow on trees. Thank God. I should be kind of cool if they did. Uh, after this shitstorm, I'm happy to return to New York and Kate Hudson. Kate's big number is hands down the funniest part of the episode. Kate's singing is uh, memorable. And it's tough to tell whether she can dance or not, because no shot lasts longer than three seconds. Cassandra's command of Spanish might be even worse than Will's. The script requires Rachel to be intimidated by this nonsense, and Leia is not about to let us down. I wonder if the other students feel like they're getting their money's worth out of this course. The teacher comes in drunk, banters a little with one student, performs a musical number strictly to impress that same student, and then says, class dismissed, and leaves. You know what's always good for a laugh? A sequence showing a bunch of bad auditions or something. Think the producers waiting for Guffman, about a thousand SNL sketches, many episodes of The Simpsons, etc., etc. I've written scenes like this, too. They're easy and fun. But Glee wusses out and quits after just two funny auditions. Then they bring back Pup 2.0 on stage to do his boring-ass serious audition. And the fun just dissipates. Jake's temper tantrum is supposed to add some drama here, but it's really lame. Knocking over a music stand, that's the best you got, Marlon Brando. I'm reminded that sarcastic rage comic. Watch out, guys. We're dealing with a badass over there. Um, I guess this was a famous meme going around. 
Um, there's a link. I will share it on the page because I it's taking really long to load. My interest levels picked up again when we returned to New York. I have to say, I really, really love the round room and the idea of a space with perfect acoustics. I'm more interested in the room than I am in the scene, but the scene is not too shabby. Are we supposed to care about whether Rachel is invited to perform at the Winter Hoopty Doo or whatever it's called? I think Lee's trying to make that a plot point. Someone named Beatrice McLean comes out and sings an absolute dreadful cover of Ave Maria. Whoopi wisely cuts her off and tells her to hit the bricks. But how on earth did she get into Nyada over Kurt? Did Whoopi accept her into the program just so she could cut her and throw the fear of God into everyone else? If so, that's actually kind of cool. Rachel sings Barbara again and does it well again. But the show tries too hard to equate Rachel and Marley by intercutting their two auditions on the same song. Marley is an acceptable singer, but again, her lack of personality drags the performance down. Her stupid, stupid hat remains a major problem, and she has the dumbest possible expression on her face. As the episode hits another low point with extended and phenomenally stupid scene in which we'll post the New Directions lineup. This is played in pantomime with lots of fucking snare drum music on the soundtrack when Jake and Marley giving the kind of performance you'd expect to see in the very earliest silent movies when people were still figuring out what acting on camera was all about. Lee doesn't trust its audience to pick up anything, so they make sure this is all in slow motion. He checks her out, she checks him out. Oh golly gee willikers, are the good girl the bad boy going to fall in love? That's so fucking original I could scream. Can I even point out that there are nine people on the list and none of the generic trouble tones from season three seem to be on it? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. What happened to those girls? Something bad, I'll bet. They were chopped up to make Marley's hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they were. I really hope they were. That's the Halloween episode. I agree with Artie that Blaine is the best candidate to replace Rachel, but of course we're all supposed to learn another goddamn fucking lesson about how they're all equals and should accept each other for who they are and blah, 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 blah. It's such a drag being in the choir room and having to deal with this petty glee club shit. We've been to New York, baby. People are playing flying monkeys on Broadway as we speak. Compared to that, New Direction seems awfully small potatoes. Ooh, God. More Marley and Mom again. Lee does not trust his audience at all, so they underscore it with tricky maudlin piano music. We fucking get it, Lee. It's sad. I have expect Tiny Tim Cratchit to hop up on his pitiful little crutches at any minute now. This is shame. <laughs> finally, finally, a breakthrough. Lane tells Kurt something I've been saying all year. You don't need Niata. I don't think Kurt necessarily needs to go to New York at the age of 18 with no game plan whatsoever, but I'm glad someone finally pointed out that Niata is not the center of the universe and the arbiter of what is right and wrong. And all this leads to a big Blaine number, which is nice and all, but uh, the song is a little generic. Darren Chris sings the hell out of it, and it's staged very cutely, but the song itself is a little weak. A year ago, he was singing It's Not Unusual. Wow, that's the shit right there. Pretty soon, the Corpse of My Dead Heart song is going to start to smell. Now, that's the line of the episode, and Heather Morris Morris knocks it out of the park. But then the lunchroom scene turns into yet another low light of the already troubled show. Kitty mentions the possibility of a popularity homecoming show with all white people. Jesus fucking Christ, Glee. We get it. She's not nice. You don't have to make her an honorary member of the KKK. This is beyond stupid. And also, there was a black guy sitting at the table when that happened. Oh, God. And then it's fucking Marley and her fucking mother and more after school special moral. <laughs> this could hardly be more bridgy and obvious. Lee does not respect his audience. If this were played as even halfway realistic, it would be so much more poignant and effective. This is Lee at its sanctimonious worst. Okay, back to New York. Brody's up to a crucial step in his master plan to seduce Rachel, undermine her long-distance relationship with the immersively absent Finn. You'll find this on page seven of the guide to seducing naive college freshmen. Brody's game is tight. I'll give him that. That picture, though, so smooth. And we get a little more Cassandra versus Rachel stuff. Both actresses seem to be sleepwalking through this. But then, a miracle. Kate Hudson says exactly what I'm thinking. This is so boring. Somehow, this saves the scene and redeems Cassandra as a character. The scene with Kurt and Bird at the airport doesn't need any saving, and it doesn't need any commentary from me either. It's a clear highlight of the episode and goes a long way towards self. 
more dumb Marley shit. Who cares? Somehow I don't buy that it's the only new directions are slushied. Kitty remains a lousy character. One of the biggest disappointments of the season premiere. She's supposed to remind us of early Quinn and early Santana, but she's more like a shrill harpy played by Bryce Dallas Howard in The Help. <laughs> don't get started on that movie. Wayne, me neither. As we limp towards the finish line, there's a big heart-to-heart between Will and Jake, in which they both speak entirely in cliches stolen from other movies and TV shows about high school. You don't know me. You don't know my life. Yeah, Jake, tell me another one. I don't care about this dude or his problems and look forward to not caring about Jake in the future. I just want Jake to lighten up and not take himself so seriously. As Puck taught us all, it's possible to be a bad boy without being a total fucking downer. And plus, come on, the kid can't act either. If they decide to go through with the Marley-Jake romance, it will be painful to watch. Speaking of which, there is another dull Marley song, which I'm fast-forwarding through on my second viewing. Oh, wait! I can't fast-forward through this. This turns out to be the episode's other big highlight, the Rachel Kurt reunion. I love the idea of them as roommates in New York. In fact, I love Rachel away from Finn. There may be some lifing Lee yet. Next week looks like a mixture of pain and pleasure. The stuff in New York with Rachel Kurt and Cassandra looks trashy fun. The stuff in Lima, including another Britney Spears tribute, boo. And some groaningly awful Marley Jake romantic dialogue, double boo, looks torturous. So that was the new Rachel. After a second viewing, I see that my initial reservations were confirmed. The show definitely has some problems, and they're not minor ones either. We're talking major hemorrhaging wounds here, but there are flickers of promise amid the dross. Here's my radical suggestion. Drop the Lima Ohio scenes together or reduce them greatly. Forget about New Directions and the power struggles within that group. Focus on New York. Just about everything I liked in this episode centered around either Rachel or Kurt. As much kidding as I gave her, Kid Hudson started to grow on me by the end of the episode, too. I have a feeling that this season I'll perk up for the New York scenes and tune out for the Lima ones. Now to do this 21 more times. Piece of cake, right, lady? Ladies, <laughs> you can find me, and of course, at d2writes.blogspot.com. Um, uh, interesting points. Uh, I still, I think, after hearing our momentous feedback, kind of wish they had done two shows and just done a spinoff. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I, again, I love that we have vastly differing opinions. Um, I don't think I'm quite as um, pessimistic as Wayne, um, but I, I agree with him on a lot of the points. But we'll see. We That's shall. Um, I feel like you need some cough medicine. I just retook my medicine. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, we are now probably going to leave you. Uh, yes. In a- and in 40 minutes, watch the next episode of Glee. Um, we don't know when we're recording next. Uh, we will keep you updated on the Facebook page so that you know about feedback and everything. Yes, we will. Uh, our Facebook page, of course, just go to Facebook, search for GleeCast, G-L-W-E-K-A-S-T, and join in on much discussion. Uh, email us at GleeCast at gmail.com. Um, find us on Facebook. Um, just go to the Facebook group and you'll find us. And on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter, not so much Erica, uh, Deadly Dolls. Um, our websites, mine would be deadlydollshouse.com. Erica's, uh, I'm going to give it cause then maybe she'll update it more. <laughs> a small word with the K.com. Um, am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. I think that's it. Okay, everybody. Well, big we- thanks to Emily for doing all the feedback. <laughs> now I have a short throat. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Whatever. I feel better. Thanks. Get work tomorrow so we can do chat. Yeah. I think I'm going in tomorrow. I need that tea chatting. Okay, uh, we'll be back next week, everybody. Enjoy Talk to you. September. Bye.